Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this week Colin and I are delighted to be joined by Celtic legend Jackie McNamara. Jackie, how are you keeping? Good, thanks. Yeah, it's um, great to see you. You too. Well, I mean, we have been talking a lot in the last few weeks, Jackie, about um, you played with some great sides, but one team that will be celebrating your 25th anniversary, which is frightening, is the 1998 title-winning side under. Vim Janssen, you won the double, of course. Um, you're looking forward to the big night on the 12th of May at the Armadillo? Yeah, it'll be good to, good to catch up with the lads. Obviously, you will go our separate ways when you finish playing and 
they're still involved in football in some way, but uh, it'd be good to see good to see them all. Um, you know, last time we kind of seen most of them was at the the charity matches and different things, but. Um, no, it's it's you, you sp- spend that special time with them, you know, and uh, obviously you miss each other, and you go about your your daily life as we all do, and uh, it'd be good to catch up with them. No, oh, absolutely, it is a, a, an event that we have a couple of tickets for. If you want to be in the prize draw, you have to do is subscribe to our channel. We're about six or seven subscribers away from twenty thousand seven hundred. So get subscribing to the channel, and you will be in to win the pair of tickets for the Armadillo is going to be a cracking night. Jackie, we're going to be talking about that season and we'll bring it right up to date with some chat about this season as well and what you think Mm -hmm. Celtic can achieve under Ange Postacoglu. But um, I wanted to start off with Vim Janssen. He's a a manager that uh, I'm very fond of. I think most Celtic fans are. He was only here for a year, of course, um, but he sadly passed away last year. What was your first impressions, Jackie, when when Vim Janssen walked across that training park? Yeah, it was um, obviously strange. Murdo was taking the, the training at the time, and um, you know it just kind of appeared. I, we didn't know much about him. You know, just seen the the tracksuit and the pair of them. Some boys thought he was a scouser coming in, <laughs> coming <laughs> to the training. But um, I think initially, when you know when he first came in and we had our training camp over there in Holland. It was very much to the whistle. Everything was to the whistle, to the time, discipline, uh, even down to everybody eating, you know, and lunches and dinners. You had to be there and finish, start at the same time, finish at the same time. Didn't want anybody being late. Um, so discipline right from the start, although he wasn't a a massive shouter or screamer. He was very calm, but he was very, you know, disciplined in how he went about it. Mm-hmm. Who else was linked with the job? Can you remember who was who was being talked about for the Celtic job back then? I, th- I mean, there was there was loads. I think uh, Hooley was one that was mentioned uh, back then. Um, a few managers from down south, um, and I think over the years at Celtic, it's always been the case. You know, uh, I remember when when Vim had left as well. A year later, you know, when Doctor Joe came in, there was. All sorts of rumours with food toilet and different things were coming in, but um, I mean, I remember Hooley was was I think he was the main one that was mentioned at the time and ended up taking the the Liverpool job. It's incredible, Jackie. You were saying we didn't know much about him. It's changed days, hasn't it? I mean, you've got everything at your fingertips now. You can find everybody's profile, CV, everything they've done. But he was written off by the the Scottish press pretty quickly, wasn't he, Vim Janssen? Yeah, I mean, we kind of tend to do that. You see it last year with, with Ange, you know, uh, people write them off because they didn't have his pro licence, UEFA pro licence, had a different equivalent over in Australia. Um, and people are quick to jump on that and, and put put them down. But yeah, uh, just the same with players come in until they go in and prove themselves. Um, I suppose it gives them that extra bit of satisfaction when they do turn it around. But Vim was definitely one that was under the radar. Uh, at that time You know Colin's a wee bit younger than me Jackie uh, and he, he has been kind of spoiled in his Celtic supporting life but could you maybe explain to people maybe Colin's era what it was like for Celtic at that time I mean obviously we'd gone a decade but winning the league now I'm not going to say it's expected but if you've got any kind of goals for a season as a Celtic fan winning the league is up there uh, every single campaign 
But it was, you know, it wasn't a given back then. It was so difficult for Vim to come in under those circumstances, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Rangers were, were dominant. Uh, you know, they, I came in in um, October 95, um, and they were strong, very, very strong at the time. We all know, that obviously, the, the fallout from that and, and what they spent and the players and everything else. But as players, you just focus on, you know, your teammates and focus on winning. You don't you don't get involved with the, the off the field stuff. Um, you know, the gas guns, the wild drops, uh McCoys, you know, go right through the Rangers team. The all international players all paid a lot of money for them. Um, and they were strong, you know, we as I said I, I came in October and I played them three times and I wasn't on the losing side. Like they they just won the lost the game before I came in. Um I think the start of October, uh, sorry, start of September. But, you know, you knew the games, you had to win them. Uh, you had to, you know, the importance of it. Because uh, they, they were so strong, you know, and for us to go and win the league, it was going to be a massive thing for us back then. It was bringing the teams together. Uh, with Tommy had a fantastic team. We just couldn't mm. get there. We were very, very close. And then Vim came in and brought in, uh, some great, great quality, you know, with Paul Lambert, Craig Burley at the time, and obviously the main one would be Henrik. You know, people not knowing a lot about Henrik at the time either, but how he, how he started, how he came through his whole career, how it's sort of set off at Celtic for him as well, how he got better and better. So, and then identified how he wanted to play, um, you know, and what it was going to take to win the league. and Fortunately, we did. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. One, of the, one of the things we were speaking to Paul and Simon about last week was the fact that a lot of Celtic fans from that era will say that Tommy Burns' team was the best aesthetically. Like you, you saw them going forward. It was a joy to watch. But obviously, Tommy's side didn't have the success of one side in winning the league. Simon, put it, and Simon and Paul put it down to the defence having changed. Do you think that was the case and that was the difference between the two teams was that Wim's team was more solid at the back than than Tommy's side. Uh, it was a different structure. I mean, I, obviously under Tommy, I was a, a, a attacking fullback and get forward and tossed on the other side. Um, you know, in the first couple of games we'd lost with him, and he didn't want our fullbacks getting forward. They wanted them to stay. Um, so it took, you know, I kind of found myself at the out the the starting eleven at the uh, after that Johnston away. And I got back in further up the, the field. You know, I, it's the only time in my career I played right midfield, um, and never played it again apart from that season under Vim. You know, he's seen me as a different kind of position. Um, with Tommy, it was all we were all out attack, yeah. But I mean, it was, the Tommy's team were were exciting. They were it's probably the, the most enjoyable I've had as a player. I'm sure the fans would probably say the same. Watch the teams. Um, again, the league structure was different as well. You know, it was it was um, two points for a win at that time as well. It was just that was just that they changed to three. So it's hard to say, but I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, both. You know, I would say Vim probably was a bit more defensive minded uh, than, than than Tommy was, but Tommy grew up playing the and doing it the Celtic way, which was a bit like what we're seeing just now. What people want to see. Uh, entertaining football and, and try to do it by winning at the same time. Yeah, for sure. See, when I look at your 
your uh, managerial career, Jackie, and I've spoken to you about that before. Uh, obviously, your time spent at Park Thistle, Dundee United, and York City as well. What do you take from your time under Vim Janssen, did you think, as a manager? What 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 was the things you learned from Vim that you maybe implemented yourself? I think the the biggest thing with, with Vim was it was his calmness. I tried to remain calm. It's very it's very easy to lose your your head as a manager and and take things personal mm-hmm. or or react after the games, you know, in certain situations where Maybe our players made a mistake, or maybe something's happened, and Vim, Vim would never make it personal at that point. He would always wait to the Monday. He would say he would have you going home thinking about your own performance as a player, rather than you know maybe the goalkeepers dropped one in, rather than everybody pointing the finger at the, the goalkeeper and blaming the goalie. He he wanted everybody to be thinking about their own performance and. Um, I, th- I think as a, a manager, you take little bits from everyone, you know, even the good and what you f- what you feel is bad. So am I going a wee bit there? Sorry. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, definitely took quite a bit from them. Yeah, for sure. You know, when as a Celtic fan going into that season, um, a bit like yourself, Jackie, obviously looking at Vim Janssen, we now know that he had a phenomenal career, uh, particularly as a player, um, but. I was worried as a fan because we were losing we were losing the entertainers that, that Tommy had brought in. We'd lost the three amigos, for example, but we also lost a lot of experience in Paul McStain and Peter Grant. Um, so could you maybe just talk about how vital the recruitment was? Because you know we couldn't um, you know have two or three signings that had to bed in. It was almost as if they had to come in, hit the ground running, and all knit together. I mean, how good, how quality was that recruitment from Vim? Yeah, I think he knew he knew what he needed. He knew obviously Henrik very closely. He knew Henrik would uh, come in and and produce what what he did. Um, you know, other players he brought in. I thought Matt Reaper. Um, was it Matt Reaper? Yeah, Matt Reaper. Yeah. Yeah, you just disappeared for a wee uh, second there. You were just saying about Mark Reaper there, Jack. Yeah, I think Mark Reaper. You know, ones like that coming in as well. Uh, real yeah. solid centre-half alongside Tom Boyd at that point. Um, uh, Craig Burley, you know, the goals that he got from midfield that season. So there, there was so many bits to the, the jigsaw, if you like, that he brought in that uh, he knew how to make the team gel. He knew what, what he, how he wanted to play uh, and be solid and a real team unit. Yeah, for sure. Someone is suggesting that we should speak to Johnny Gould. Was he a bit of an unsung hero, do you think, Jackie, in that side? <laughs> um, Gildy, <laughs> Gildy, actually, a terrific guy. Uh, you know, it's, that season, is, he was, he was, he had some unbelievable saves for us, uh, you know, and done, and done fantastic. Great character as well. And, you know, that was... Uh, it was just a strange, a strange season all round. You know how he came in. I think he, I think he thought he thought he was going to Farsley Celtic. He ended up coming to us. <laughs> <laughs> and he was done at Halifax. That's right. I remember uh, he, he spoke about. It was at training, Jackie, with his mobile phone in his sock, just in case Celtic would phone back. He was actually training with his mobile phone on him, so he wouldn't miss the call. Yeah. Um, it worked out okay yeah. though. For sure. Yeah. Now, Colin, somebody's asking for a, a sing-song, Colin. I can't really hold a tune, but I don't know if you want to give us a wee uh, rendition of that, mate. Not, not, the, not the day, not the day, but 
it's one of those things. <laughs> you've got that connection with uh, Scottish football. Obviously, your dad being a, a player, then you going on, and then you make that move from Dunfermline to Celtic. It's not something that a lot of players do nowadays. Is get that sort of big move. It used to be the common thing. You take a look at the signings that Celtic make about that time and yourself and other players from the Scottish League. Do you think that the, the standard of the development of players has changed from when you were playing to, to now? Because you take a look at, obviously, Andrew's recruitment tactics. He's been out. He's looked at the Asian market. Um, he's looked at Europe. He's looked abroad. There's not really a lot of Scottish talent coming through these days. What do you think the difference is now from when you were playing to the sort of the period we're at just now? To be honest, I do think there's a great deal of talent there. I just think the problem is where just now and the way it's went is the fear of putting them in. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest thing. I do I do believe we've got some incredible talent. You, we're losing a lot of kids uh, because they're scared to play them. They're scared to put them in there. It's, it's one thing that, that I always wanted to do as a manager when I took over my first job at Partick Thistle. Was, you don't have a big budget, but you're giving young players a chance. Dundee United likewise, and you can see them all, how they've all kind of went on because they, they, they're playing games, they're getting opportunity. When I came through at Dunfermline, we, we used to play the reserve game at the same time as the first team. So if I wasn't in the first team at 17-18, I was playing, you know, if Celtic were playing Dunfermline's first team at uh, East End Park, we'd be at Celtic Park playing at the same time against experienced players. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that. You've not, we've not had that for a long, long time. So kids now are having to drop further and further down. If they do get games, if they are playing games, it's meaningless. You know, um, you, I mean, you can see it. You can see it in the Premier League. You can see the standard from third down. You know, there's not many kids getting an opportunity, and it's the same group of players for the last sort of seven, eight, nine years that are in there. The same recruitment, the same players just going from club to club. Mm-hmm. Um, when these young players should be getting opportunities and and getting a chance to grow. The thing is, though, Jackie, when you look at your record, uh, particularly at Dundee United, and what those guys have gone on to achieve, you kind of prove that it is doable. I mean, was was um, Harry Suter, one of the younger boys at Tannadice when you were there? Was he there when, when yeah, you were at Tannadice? Yeah, Harry was 15, yeah. I, I had him mm-hmm. in training. Um, Harry was, was 15 at the time, just ready to start, um, you know, coming into it. So mm-hmm. he he was obviously one of the younger ones in that group coming through. But again, it's just getting them games. Same with John. I mean, I played his brother John at 16 against mm-hmm. Celtic in the semi-final. I had, a lot, I had more trust in John at 16 than I had a 27-year-old um, to go and face Celtic at Hamden mm-hmm. in the semi-final because he, he's not experienced fear. He's not experienced the the, the fear in the game to, to worry about the, the result or worry about making mistakes or anything else. I think when you the balance is when they get to that point, sometimes the kids need to, you know, they play, played six or seven games, they start thinking about it and you take them out for a little bit and then you bring them back in. Um you know, and that's sort of what we tried to do. Was there anyone that was sort of bubbling under the surface of sort of Wim's team and then you obviously went on to Martin's team, um, Joe in between and, and Barnsley, but was there anybody that you thought was coming through that youth system that was really going to be the one that was going to make it, but we just didn't see that? Um, <clears throat> to be honest, no, not 
the ones that came through was the ones I thought I, 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 I thought Liam Miller would when I seen Liam. Obviously, I, I, Colin Healy was younger. Uh, one I would probably say would be John Paul McBride. He uh, was a, a, a really good young player. Um, the wee lad, Mark Anthony as well, didn't quite hit the heights. The rest of them, um, obviously John Kennedy had got a chance around the first team. Then he got a bad injury. Sean Maloney. Uh, Aidan, I would say, McGeady was probably the you know, the most skillful at that time. The young ones coming through to train with us. Um, another one would be Mark Fotheringham. Mark, again, didn't quite get to the, the heights that you maybe would have thought. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing Simon says uh, to us was that, you know, certain players come in, Jackie, and it changes, it kind of changes the uh, the dynamic and it changes the way that people maybe think and train and approach the preparation for games. He used Van Hooydonk as an example, that earlier example uh, of that. What did Henrik Larsson bring, do you think, to that dressing room and to the training pitch um, that kind of raised the players around about him? I think he he brought in. I mean, it was quiet. It was very very quiet. I mean, right at the start, you know, you know, so there was a, a well documented incident with with Tosh that the he put the head on Henry the day before the the Rangers game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just at that time there was a kind of awkwardness between some that weren't playing, some weren't. You know, they were in this starting eleven. Um, and Vim, Vim, I always felt Vim was always testing the players. So he would on a Friday, he would do like a, he would do two teams. He would set up in a certain way that you would think that was a starting eleven on the Saturday. Uh, maybe one one position would, would not be the same. And the players, some of the players, that it gives you could feel it sort of boiling over. You know, at certain bits there, and um, the frustration, obviously, with Tosh and not playing in that team. Uh, build over that training session, and you know I put the head in, in Henrik, which was not the <laughs> was not the the best thing to do. Uh, but Henrik's standards, as I said, when he when he first came in, obviously I, I was there for these his full seven years that he was there, and, and seen him go when he left, he just got better and better and better. You know, uh, if he training every day. Uh, his finishing all-round game. Uh, he was just a, a top, top international player. You brought back the memory of that, Colin. You won't remember, but I mean, you imagine it nowadays with the, the press coverage, it would have been on that ticker tape for 24 hours on Sky Sports. <laughs> and uh, there was a couple yeah. of weird moments that season, Jackie, that you kind of thought there's a bit of adversity there. We, we lost three games kind of early, one of them in, the, in Europe. Uh, Tosh sticks ahead and Henrik... Uh, we also had obviously Darren Jackson's condition as well, but it seemed to yeah. galvanise you as a team. It, it, it worked the other way about. It seemed to galvanise you. Do you think that's safe to say that? hundred percent. I did. I. I think um, it got us. It brought us together. <clears throat> I, I think on the back of that, we used to. We went out. We go go karting and go for a few drinks. We go for meals. Maybe a golf. We, we would socialise and kind of try and bring the group together. Um, and we did we did a lot of socialising that year, <clears throat> which I think helped us, um, you know, in the, to deal with not just the pressure, but the the expectation of that year. Just kept us all as as one, you know. What, what seemed to go on really well from that. Tommy Johnson as well had a bad injury that season, which was a massive blow. But Tommy was still probably a massive part of it. 
you know, he'd be the one organising the social. <laughs> one of the, the things that a lot of people can attribute to the success of that was the transfers that came in that season, as Paul's touched on. One of them being Paul uh, Paul Lambert coming in in the November time. What was that like, adding to the dressing room a ch- an experienced Champions League winner at that point? Yeah, Lambert was a great signing, I think, just to, to compliment... Uh, Craig in the middle of the park there and give Craig that kind of freedom to, you know, get go beyond the the forwards to get the goals. But Paul, you know, he was on top of his game. He just won the Champions League. I think he could have probably, if he wanted to, went to a number of clubs at that time. We stopped. We've been so high. For us, it was a massive one to get him at that time, and he was. It was a fantastic, uh, fantastic thing. I think. You know, looking at it from my side, when I came into the club, we had McStay, Paul McStay in there, who was an unbelievable player. He could uh, dictate the game, he could do things. You know, when Paul obviously finished, um, it was kind of a hole there. And I think I think uh, Paul Lambert coming into that really helped, you know, uh, change the midfield that we had and give us that extra wee bit uh, you know, and I thought he was excellent. Can you imagine that nowadays, Paul? A Champions League winner coming straight into that Celtic team. He'd be paying oh, obscene well, amounts of money. The example would be a Scottish Championship, uh, sorry, Champions League winner would be Andy Robertson. So yeah, that, that's yeah. an example you could use. How much would that cost? It would just be beyond what we could achieve. Um, Probably incredible. more than what our annual turnover is every year. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Jackie, last last year it was interesting watching how um, there were parallels between, some parallels between Vim Janssen's season and Angie's first season. The, the both managers had previously managed in Japan. They were both written off. They both had a real job at rebuilding the side. And then there was the moment of the League Cup finals, I believe, that were, were huge game-changing moments of the season. Uh, do you think that's safe to say that in your season under Vim Janssen, the League Cup final against Dundee United was massive, um, you know, even in terms of the belief of that dressing room? Yeah, it helped. I think um, just, you know, that was my first trophy I'd won as a Celtic player. Um, and just having that feeling and getting a medal and the relief with the fans that night, you know, the, the comfortable win over Dundee United, I think that... Every little bit of that season, I think, and even the, just before that with the European game, we were toe-to-toe with Liverpool. We should have knocked Liverpool out the UEFA Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that gave us a lift. And then the next bit was obviously the League Cup winning that. That gave us another massive lift. And, uh, right, let's go and focus on, on the league now. You know, let's get... let's Because get, um, we were chasing at, at the points as well. So that it definitely it definitely helped, you know, it takes the pressure off everybody, the fans and that as well. And we know that we're capable of winning something and uh, hope and obviously it helped us kick on from there. Paul was saying last week that he'd actually went to him before the League Cup final and asked him not to play him because he was in he wasn't in the best of form at the time. Were you aware of that and was that something that just Wim was so open that he could have that conversation with you. He could say, look, you're not playing well, I'm going to rest you for this game, things like that. It seems as if he was very approachable. He was. I mean, I mean, Paul Paul was close with every manager. Though. <laughs> he did <didn't laughs> <like him. laughs> Not all of us good relationships uh, that Paul had with all the managers. But from my own experience with him, I mean, uh, I actually get picked to go away with Scotland uh, in France. <laughs> and uh, 
I was left out, shocked. I was left out in the stand again. And I had a few drinks that night. And I was so angry because I didn't want to... My wife was, was pregnant at the time and I, I was away from home. And um, Which you don't mind doing if you're involved. But I went all the way there for a friendly, St Etienne, and ended up having a few drinks and ended up coming back in the plane uh, and we stayed at the hotel next to the airport before then coming to train in the morning. And I'd stayed up with, I think it was Billy Dodge was at Aberdeen at the time, and I ended up staying up having a few more drinks at the bar, which I, which mean I couldn't drive to training. So Darren Jackson had to drive my car with me in it, who wasn't meant to be driving at the time because of his brain um, operation. Uh, and I got to the stadium and Vim could see that I'd, I wasn't quite right, <laughs> just at least. And he, he kind of pulled me and he's like, look, I think... He knew I was angry that I didn't I didn't feature for the the Scotland. He knew he knew the reason why you know with my wife and stuff. And um, he said, "Look, just you come back tomorrow, you know everything." I'm like, "No, no, I'm fine, Gaffer. I'll go and do the warm up. I'll go and train." He went, "No, no." He says, "You come back tomorrow. Uh, make sure you're okay. We have a big game Saturday." And I think I went round to to do a couple of laps at the the pitch, but it was. Wasn't a good idea, and then went back in. I went home. I got home that that night. Came back in next morning. I was like, God, just you know, he could have fined me. He could have done something there, but he knew the situation, and he knew. And next morning, he came back in. He came up to me in the morning before we started training. And he looked at me in the eye. He's like, Are you okay this morning? Are you good? And I was like, Yes, Gaffer. I feel better this morning. And then just got on with it. You know, he was just his man management from that. In that situation, with some matches that I've maybe had before, would just be like, you know, you're fined. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, it was good that way. I remember a story actually, it was Tommy Johnson told us a story, Jackie. They remember back in the walkabout gig in Glasgow, and he was talking mm-hmm. about how John Barnes didn't have that trust in his players, even the experienced players. He, yeah. You know, I think at one point. You guys had gone, it might have been uh, Portugal, you'd gone away for the winter break and he didn't trust that you were actually drinking soft drinks and he came up and he picked one of the glasses up and drank it to make sure it didn't that have... Was actually, to be honest, it was actually pre-season. That right. was in pre-season in Norway, aye. But we went mm-hmm. to Portugal the winter break as well. Um, and that was when we first obviously started working with him. We were sitting mm-hmm. there, Tommy, Craig and Stubbsy, um, we were in Norway. We went along the wee coffee shop and Tommy's sitting me. It was Tommy Johnson sitting me a, a, a cup of Coca Cola and uh, John taking a, the manager taking a drink out to see if it was alcohol, which it wasn't. But you know, he kind of lost them straight away for pre season. Mm-hmm. How did you approach it? Because obviously, in the modern game, Jackie, um, you've got sports scientists, you've got conditioning, diet, all that kind of thing, which is so so important. But you've got the other side of that, whereby you've got a team spirit and morale, and sometimes, you know, in your day going out and having that kind of social aspect. How did you approach it as a manager? Did you let them get a bit of freedom at the right times? Yeah, I think you've got to. I think if you put um, obstacles in the way, you treat them like adults and treat them, I think that's where, you know, certain managers were, were very, very good. You remember that? Martin and you was fantastic for that, treating you like an adult and giving you that responsibility as long as you don't cross the line. You know, and there's always there's always a line. Um 
even when I went, I was manager at Dundee United, we went to Spain for pre-season and St Mirren were there as well. And I, bear in mind, my Dundee United team were all young. I mean, we had a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old and Suter and Gold. Andy Robertson were all, you're all young. We had some, some experienced players as well. And I'd say to the players, like, on you go, you can go to Marbella. Um, you can go, where, you know, I'm giving you the day off because you, you worked hard last week. Uh, I'm trusting you. Make sure nobody gets arrested. They want any annoying anything. <laughs> come back to the club. You know, go and enjoy yourselves without, you know, putting a curfew on time. I said, I want everybody back here tomorrow afternoon for a meeting before we train. And St Mun boys were there as well. You know, the, the experienced boys, Stephen Tom, all them were sitting there and our players were having a drink in front of me. Then they all went together into my beer. And they all came back together, they all looked after each other. There was not one bit of problem. The St Mun boys got the biggest carryout you've ever seen because they had a curfew. <laughs> uh, I think Dan, Danny Lennon put a curfew on them and uh, you could see them all like wee boys trying to rebel. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, and some of them sneaked out and went out anyway, and you kind of lose them. Was he put the trust in them? All our players were the next day were were fine. There was no there was no issues. Was he had some issues to deal with as a manager? Aye, for sure. What was it at Dunfermline? Where did you all used to go at Dunfermline, Jackie? There was a tradition, wasn't there? <clears throat> uh, Magaluf, mm-hmm. Magaluf. Uh, that was. I mean, I only went once, and that was just before I got married. And um, I think, I mean, I was twenty one at the time, and. Uh, Dick Campbell was talking about it recently, actually, because Bert, the manager, was worried about me with the drinking. He says, "But I watch me, Jackie. You know, he's nobody used to this because he used to have everybody had to be in the beach for like twelve o'clock, and Big Norrie, the captain, God rest him, would you know, would get a massive carry out, and we all had to be there. I, I lasted three days, and that was, you know, <laughs> I went up, I went up to Bert and Dick and asked them for money so I could go to the go karts. <laughs> they're worried about me drinking I'm asking me and Big Andy Todd went away go-karting in the afternoon because I couldn't drink anymore Can you keep up with them? I mean what, what kind of experience guys would have been there? Nori McCarthy would you have had Ian Westwater guys West, like that yeah, Kenny Ward yeah. Yeah, uh, Paul Smith um, guys like that uh, good senior players uh, Neil Cooper mm-hmm. um, you know the guys that could could throw the drink back and keep going for the week 
But for me, three days was my limit. Three days and I'm out. I think I'm probably the same at 40, 40, to be honest with you, Jackie. There's loads of uh, comments coming in. Lloyd uh, Jepson, what a player Jackie was. Nice to see him looking so well. And IH Decorating uh, remembers fondly drinking in your old man's boozer. That wasn't that far away for here. We're in Dal Keith. Where was your old man? Was it Musselburgh? Musselburgh, aye. The couple yeah. of pubs in Musselburgh, aye. Good pub. Yeah. And yeah. Robert Highland's old enough to have seen both yourself and your dad playing. Um, we were talking last week about unsung heroes, and um, I do remember Murdo McLeod obviously was there. He must have been really important for Vim Janssen um, coming to Scotland to work for the first time. You know, Murdo knew the culture of the game. Who do you um, look back on Murdo's part in that that uh, double winning season, Jackie? Yeah, I think it was a good a good group. I think it was good for for Vim Murdo. Um, you know, he knew that what was going on behind the scenes. He knew. Obviously, there and it would, it would, for the players' side as well was good. Um, John Clark came in as a kit man that year, and all Clark, he was fantastic. You know, proper legend, great guy. Um, you know, at that time as well, coming into it, Brian Scott, the physio. Mm-hmm. I think the backroom staff, you know, they all played a, a massive role. Um, you know, with the with the players and the togetherness as well, and Murdo, Murdo was a massive part of that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's loads and loads of comments coming through. If you've got any questions for Jackie McNamara that Colin and I don't have the time uh, to ask, then fire away because we will be here as usual to half past one. We're talking about the famous season where Celtic... Did Celtic stop the 10, Jackie, or did Celtic win the one? This is a debate that's been running on Twitter. Um, I always call it stopping the 10. Is that the way you were looking at it? Uh, that's the way we looked at it, I think. Because that's that's what it was, uh, you know, the importance of that season. I think, um, you know, as a player, that's obviously we won it. I mean, we had the t-shirts up and different things, and um, throughout the season. I mean, Hearts Hearts were strong that season as well. In mm. fairness, you know, they 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 were up there for, for the majority right up to near the end. Um, they had a good side Hearts at that point, which. You know, there's three teams in the mix, which doesn't normally happen. Um, it was a it was a crazy season. You know, when you, when you look at all the games and how it kind of went back and forth, and um, but it was a lot of pressure and as well. See, when you talk about the heart, sorry, Colin. Um, there's a lot of talk this season about a team in Scotland trying to become the third force, trying to, uh, you know, split Celtic and Rangers. And Hearts seem to be quite ambitious in that respect, Jackie. Do you think it's beyond another Scottish team to do that? I think to maintain it, um, obviously Hearts are pushing as, as as well as they can. I think they've, they've done well. I think the difficulty is, you know, when you play for Celtic, you've got both. You've got the European to, mm. to, to play as well. You've got the demands for that. You've got the, um, you know, you need you need the squad. You need to, you need to be a bit of luck with injuries and different things. When you've not got the squad, you know you can see things kind of falter away. Hearts have obviously invested a hell of a lot this this season. They've brought in, uh, you know, even with the goalkeeper situation, you've got Xander Clark now, the number one, mm-hmm. with Craig Gordon out. You know, there's not many teams can have that kind of backup that they've got. Um, Boyce has been out with a bad injury. That they went in, they brought Shankland in, has done well. You know they keep adding. So yeah, it's it's whether or not they can get close enough to really challenge, which is the big one. But 
Celtic at this point seem to be stronger and stronger. You know, it's obviously Rangers this season have changed the manager, and um, you know his, his results have been good, but he's not making any any headway because he's not he's not getting a chance to. You know, they're maybe not playing well or getting, but they're getting results. But mm-hmm. there's there's no change at the top, and Andrew's not giving any. When you're in when you're in front at that point, that's what you want. You just keep winning. Doesn't matter what happens elsewhere, and that's I'm sure what Andrew will be saying to all the players. We're not really interested in anybody else. We just keep winning, uh, and we won't be caught. That's one of the things when you look back on the, the ninety seven ninety eight season. Obviously, with a poor start, you kind of give the advantage to, to Rangers right away. They're going for the 10th title. We're trying to stop the 10. At what point was it really kind of amongst the guys that they thought, do you know what, this is the season? Because for the, the sort of nine years before, I'm sure, there was points where you thought, right, do you know what, we can do this, we can do this. Especially under Tommy as well, when you're playing such great football. But at what point do you really think it kind of sunk in that it was thought, right, that's it, this is the season, this is going to be the year that we stop them? I think it was the January game, the 2-0, mm. where Craig Burley and Lambo scored. That was because if you actually, I actually watched that game recently and the saves that Gorham had was just, you know, like the other games under Tommy. We had even even some of the, I don't know, a couple of dodgy offside decisions were never offside. But uh, Gorham was still, yeah, um, you know, Gorham had still had some unbelievable saves for Harold in that game. Uh, one or two others and then Craig gets the goal um, but we actually we played really well that day you know and we should have won by a lot more um, and Craig gets a goal then in the last minutes Lambo scores a screamer and that's you know the 2-0 game and through, through the history the team that wins that game it goes on to win the league and little things like that you just you know this is our we knew that was a a turning point we had to do was to beat Rangers um, because we've played played well against them but not got the rewards or certain things went against us but that game was for me was the bit that front right we, we can do this now let's, let's go that's the thing as well Colin you, you've got to understand how phenomenal a goalkeeper Andy Gorham was I mean Tommy Burns used to talk about it and um, it was unreal some of the, the really you know uh, close games that uh, one spectacular safe aside we might have been uh, on the end of a draw or a win rather than a defeat and it, there's two players you mentioned there Jackie that I think deserve uh, quite a bit of praise this season for different reasons people seem to I don't know if they uh, underestimate the, the value of Craig Burley that season. Uh, the goals from midfield were sensational. He was a brilliant signing for Celtic. He was. He was. And then, you know, he's, he's timing the runs, just that late running at the box. Um, and he's he's finishing. His finishing was excellent. He scored a lot of valuable goals for us. You know, it was a big reason we, we, go, we won the league. Um, that, that game especially, you know, the... There was other the game before that we got a late draw against them at Celtic mm-hmm. Park with Big Stubbsy scored with a late header. Again, that was a match that we had chance after chance and they they'd scored the goal. You think oh, deja vu? Then Stubbsy comes up with a, a crucial header right right in the death um, to get us a point. But uh, that for me that was definitely the, the turning point with with Craig and, and Paul's goal. Yeah. Then you've got Harold Bratback, who came in kind of later in the campaign because there was no transfer windows back then. And he was a guy that 
it seemed as though he, he kind of struggled to to settle, but he became a cult hero, Jackie, because of the for obvious reasons. What do you think it's about a team like Celtic who can buy a player like Bratback, who was scoring Champions League goals against Alexi Real Madrid when they signed him, um, yeah. but they just failed to settle? Is it just um, the club, Celtic, the demands, the standards? Does it sometimes just not suit a player? I think it's it's everything. I think you know I was I was looking at uh, in the comments for uh, Jack Marcus recently mm-hmm. about teams sitting in, and if you looked at Harold's game, Harold's forty was the facing the opposition, not with his back to goal. And most yeah. of the teams, most of the teams that come and play against us would be behind the ball. And in as a striker at, at Celtic, you need to be good with your back to goal, as our our top strikers have been. Um. You know, you see it with certain games there that when teams are sitting in, so you need to try and find space for them uh, to get in behind. Harold, Harold was better when he's facing the opposition goal, and you can see the goals that he scored for us. You know, he didn't. There's not many goals that he's got that are, you know, ways back to goal and turning them or winning headers in the box. You bet the, you know, Kyogo is always on the move. Yeah, always facing, always facing opposition goal, and he's when he's doing that. So. It's a different type of striker, you know. Jackie Marcus is more physical. Uh, wants to compete back to goal. Um, John Hartson, Sutty, guys mm-hmm. like that. Big Pierre could do both, but mostly back to goal. Um, so it's, I think when you're looking, strikers come in there are all different types. And Harold, <clears throat> for me, that was the biggest thing at that time with Harold. He was at his best when he was on when he was moving uh, and running running down and catching teams in the break and there was space to, to get into. Colin, um with regards to the actual games against Rangers, very tight that season. We won one game. Uh, they beat us three times, including once in the in the cup, and of course there was a one each draw. But when you look at the way that you prepared for the, those games under Tommy Burns compared to the the games under Vim Janssen against Rangers, what was the difference, Jackie? Or was it more of the kind of same? What was the difference in preparation? Uh, no, it was more or less the same, to be honest. We'd, we'd, we went, um, we told me we'd go to Simo the day before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last ones with, with, uh, with, with Vim, it was back at uh, Cameron House. We went at Cameron House before we go the day before. So, I mean, the approach, everything else was, was similar. I think maybe the day before the game, um, uh, with Tommy, I remember some of the games, we would do the young v old. And the little, have you ever seen the bit in front of Seymour? How, how we actually played a game there, young v old? There was like a path in the middle. And you'd be like, health and safety. <laughs> the mm-hmm. players would, need, would probably refuse to play in it. And I remember, I think it was one of my first games, uh, and it was so competitive, you know. Like uh, one of the players had three stitches for one of the tackles. I think it was Boydie got three stitches for for Paul next day. Just caught him in the, the bit, and you know the day before a game, just like it was just no change, you know. That and that that was how we were. You mm-hmm. trained how you play, you know. And every every day had with, with standards with Tommy it was up there, and you know, the tackles were flying. It was. You would never have thought we had a, an old firm the next day. It's incredible. Is that a bit dangerous, Jackie, with the amount of... Like, it yeah. wasn't a, 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 you know what I mean? It wasn't a big squad. So, I mean, I know. one, I know, one back the next day, Boydie, Boydie got uh, stitched up and played with stitches the next day. But 
in the Rangers game. You know, it's uh, it's insane. You don't you, at the time you don't you're just the norm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, but now it's like, right, we're not doing anything. We'll just do some warm up and we strides. We'll maybe walk through something else. As a manager, I was like that myself. Panic the day before anybody gets injured. No, mm-hmm. get anybody getting any silly tackles in. See, maybe in your dad's time at Celtic, uh, I heard about the young Viold, and if you lost the game, you ended up in the water. You had to go in the water. Is that still the, the case under Tommy? Sorry, Jackie, you've frozen a wee bit there. Hopefully yeah, you're back. Yeah, yeah, there was a wee bit of three, four foot but... uh, You hear me? Yeah, we can hear you perfectly well. It's just a shame, obviously. I'm a yeah. traditionalist about Seamill Hydro, but when you actually hear what it was like, you're kind of glad Celtic didn't go there anymore. Now, the, the other thing I was going to say, Jackie, true. is... Um, Very true. It was, uh, I, I, I don't think we're too happy doing it nowadays. Oh, definitely not. Um, Simon Donnelly always talks about the game at East End Park because he scores the goal that could have stopped the 10 um, it would have been one of the, the most memorable goals in Celtic's history. Obviously, it wasn't to be. What about yourself going back to East End? Was there something a wee bit special, you know, about thinking about winning the league there? It would have been pretty special for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it, it was in my thoughts. Like, I thought I was going to win my first uh, league title there as a player, especially, you know, having started at 16 at Dunfermline. And it's where I kind of learnt my trade, if you like. I used to sweep all the terraces and pick all the stuff and paint the terraces and, you know, all the work that I'd done over there as a kid. And I thought this is this is going to be a good moment, you know, winning my first league title back there. And it was all going to plan, to be fair, until the lad uh, scored, which he shouldn't have scored me. We should have the game wrapped up. Um, the boy Falkenbridge scored a, a big loopy header in the Goldie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, pretty distraught after it. But we soon regrouped and tried to focus on the the following weekend. Obviously, Jackie, you then went on to play under like so Doctor Joe, as you say, Barnsley. But you've got to say the most successful time in your career was obviously under Martin O'Neill. When you look back at the Wim Janssen team, how does that compare to the teams of Martin O'Neill's? And do you think there was many players? from that era that would have suited into the style of Martin's football. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, you go through the, the, the team there, because Martin, I know Martin brought a lot of players in. He also brought a lot of players th- sort of through that were maybe there, like Sibig like, Johan was, you know, Martin converted him back into a centre-back. Johan Miel became as a midfielder. Bobby Bobby Pett, obviously, Martin, it totally changed his his career. Stillian Petrov, he made Stillian a, a box-to-box midfielder, you know, and uh, totally changed Stillian's career. Um, myself, uh, found a different position under Martin, you know, uh, in and out of the team, from wing-back to centre-back, um, you know, to full-back at the end. But I think... Um, Obviously, Martin was the most successful in my ten years at that time with the team, the players that he brought in. But he had a really good eye for for players, their characters, um, and winners. To be honest, uh, and I think Vim likewise are the same. I think players wise, who would be in it? Big Reaper. I think Martin. Big Reaps was very unlucky with he had a bad he had arthritis in his big toe. We used to take the piss at him because he couldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get a lot of sympathy. He was just like chop it off, big man. <laughs> the big guy, six foot five, uh, his big toe. He's like just chop it off, and go again. <laughs> but uh, no, he was he was a big quality guy, big recourse as well. Who'd obviously had, uh, health issues. Um, you know that's. I think Martin would have improved him all mm-hmm. as well. You're talking about positions, Jackie. What do you make of the inverted fullbacks? Obviously, Greg Taylor has taken to it like a duck to water. Um, I remember when Ange came in, it was a it was a topic of loads of conversations, but it's really worked for Celtic. What what do you make of it? Would you have enjoyed it yourself? Yeah, I do. I think it's um it's like anything. The, the football goes through different phases and different shapes and systems. It's four four two, three five two and how the teams want to play the fullbacks. For me, I personally, I would have liked it because, you know, I can play midfield. I can obviously see things and get forward. You know, in most of the teams that they're playing week in, week out, they're all defensive. They're not coming to attack the fullbacks anyway. You know, they're, they're just trying to catch them on the break. So one ball over the top into the channels. The biggest test is obviously the European ones and the Champions League when you get to that, that, that level and, you know, and I'm sure that's what Angel want to to change. You know, for next season, you want to keep building and get stronger in Europe. Um, domestically, we're miles ahead uh, just now. How far do you think he can take it, Jackie? Yeah, obviously, there's there's things in the game that will hold Celtic back. But how far do you think Celtic can go in European football? Uh, I mean. I don't know. Obviously, the Gulf is is there financially, but um, you know, I, I think the Gulf was there before. I mean, we used to talk about um, going down to beat teams in England, going down to beat Liverpool's and Blackburns and all the teams we played, Leeds, wherever we were playing, and there was still a big Gulf there. But I think if if your team's good enough, um, it should really matter. You know, in terms of buying somebody at fifty million. Uh, 
if you can get somebody at two million that you can develop and turn into a top player that's worth fifty million, you know, and, and use them before they do go to that next stage. I mean, you look at the players that's came through the club, you know, seventy five million for Van Dyke. Van Dyke wasn't seventy five million when he came to Celtic. It's because he's been down there and he's playing he's playing in that in that uh, in the league down down here and then obviously the value goes up and everything else. So it's just it's been uh, good in the markets and getting the right players and then obviously you can see that Ange is developing the players that he's working with and he's making them better you know Greg obviously has won Ralston last year was, was another a big one you know that I think most people thought that Ralston wouldn't have featured at all and he ended up being a fantastic season um, you know I think he's been a bit unfortunate this year with injuries but other players that he's he's, he's worked with you can see that the a manager's stamp on it that he's making them better. Sorry, I was just going to say you speak about sort of developing players and getting players in at that stuff like that. Hypothetical question here: In today's current transfer market, Jackie, how much is Henrik worth? Oh, <laughs> God, uh, it's scary to think about, mate. To be honest, you know, you look at. Guys going for a hundred million there. Um, it's well over that. It's got to be well over that. Uh, definitely the best player you've ever played with or against. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, played some special players against the Ronaldinho's and different different types. But Henrik was, you know, we obviously know because we, we we trained with him and played with him. Um, you know, even when when I was in Scotland team, you know, Dan Fletcher talking about him and. This was after he went to uh, Barcelona and went back to Man United. I think he was 35, 36 at the time. Yeah. And he was, and he had Ronaldo and Rooney at that time. And he said, what about Larson? He went, how good is he? And I went, I know. I said, just because he's been playing in Scotland. But his movement, he said, his movement is scary. I said, that, because as a full-back, you knew that. You know, you knew that. And somebody was, they could make something. He actually showing you where he's moving to put the ball in and make a, a bad ball a good one mm-hmm. um, and his timing he wasn't massive Henrik was 5-9 5-10 but the amount of headers he scores even the ones in Seville the, he jumps early his timing gets across defenders stuff that is very very difficult to teach and coach it just becomes a natural he became a natural top class you know international finisher one of the things, Paul, when we spoke to some of the players from that era is they're talking about Martin O'Neill and how he would treat the players. Maybe if it was a poor game, everybody would get slaughtered. But if it came to Henrik, just he, you, couldn't, you couldn't say anything. And no wonder he generally... I mean, we watch the footballers nowadays, obviously, people say Ronaldo, Messi, greatest of all time and stuff like that. The, the underappreciation, I think, is still out there for Henrik. Anybody out with the sort of British Isles, I don't think there's anybody... In Europe, yeah. fully appreciates how good Henrik Larsson was. He could have went to any club, any club in the world. Yeah. How was he in the social aspect, Jackie? Did he get involved with the boys uh, going out for a? Yeah, a he did. I, I, he was brand new that day as well. Again, I think slow, slow to start. You know, getting mm-hmm. to to know you and getting um getting to know different people. But once once he's in the um, and comfortable, yeah, he's great company. Obviously, he was 
I mean, you think about it, everybody went to Henrik, all the fans, it was Henrik, 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 everybody else just, you know, <laughs> just a god to the fans over the years, um, you know, and you're looking at it there, but how he dealt with it as well, it was, you know, he dealt with it brilliantly. How were the pool tournaments round about then? Because I know that got a bit feisty between him and Lambo at times, is there anybody else stepping up to the plate? Uh, no, there's a few. We used to play. It was like everything competitive, you know. Even the we in golf games and the PlayStation when he first came in, we play with that um, and playing golf for him as well. When like a lot of the boys when they first come in and they start playing golf, they're not very good. Um, a big I remember playing with big Reeps and Morton, and they'd be like of twenty eight and stuff. And you're like, you know, when you're up in the tee. And, They've got four irons out off the tee and they're hitting it right side to side and this is going to be a long round. But within 12 months, same as Henrik, they're all like single figures, but I'm still crap. You know? <laughs> I mean, my, my, I mean, it's consistent. I was in about 13 to 15 handicap. Um, they're like 28 and the next year they're doing it seven. It's like, it's frustrating. <laughs> I, I, the one thing about this season, I, I love the whole campaign, the ups and the downs, uh, the smell of the glove thing. I loved all that, Jackie. But obviously, at the very end, Vim Janssen leaves. That was the big. That was a big issue. Obviously, I mean, we spoke to Paul Lambert and Simon Donnelly last week about the shock in the camp. Um, can you remember it? Because I think did Paul Lambert say it was in his bedroom, yeah. Colin, that he broke yeah, the news. What, what's your memories of that moment and how? You know, it kind of probably punched the the air out here a wee bit after such elation. Yeah, it was it was a, a real blow. To be honest, I think just when you're starting to, you know, get momentum and win the league and right, let's go and build on this. And um, we were due to go away to the World Cup as well with, with Scotland, uh, but it was a day after the the we won the league. We were out in Portugal for the George Cadet thing. We, we were playing Sport in Lisbon. Uh, and I was still in the team bus with, with, with Jacko. I didn't play. I was just still celebrating uh, winning the league. Because <laughs> um, I was, for the last six months of that season, I'd been carrying a knee injury and I couldn't. It took me like five days to go over a game. Mm-hmm. So there was no way I could have played in there. So I just stayed in the bus with, and drank the carry out with Jacko. And then we went to the team hotel. And then Vim, after the game, had, had pulled us on to the, the bit of the hotel and told us that he'd made a decision. But there was a lot of speculation in the press saying he was leaving and different things had fallen out with, uh, with you know, the different people at the club. And then he said, look, you know, I'm I'm, I'm walking away, I'm resigning um, after that, and which kind of took the the mood really down before we came back, which like back to square one again. Mm-hmm. Must have felt like that, and it took a while, obviously, for us to get the success again. Jackie, you've re- recently wrote your book, um, your life story, your autobiography. How was that for you going through your career? A lot of people say it's cathartic to go, you know, through their memories and get it all down and writing. And obviously, you toured it extensively as well. How how did you enjoy that? I loved it. To be honest, it's one it's one thing I've been asked a number of times to do over the years, and I thought, you know, while you're managing or still playing. Nobody will see. And actually, to do it was I really enjoyed it. I enjoy looking back in it and bits that you think of I left somebody out here or anything else. But um, 
you know, more importantly for my, my son had read it, um, you know, and he's like, I didn't know that, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of things there, you, you, you kind of, your dad, it's like my dad, I was, you want to, you want to know things, that you, you know, you, you kind of growing up, mm-hmm. so I didn't just become a football player, I had to, you know, work hard on it, I bad leg break at 15 and walked my way up through Dunfermline, um, you know, and walked my way at Celtic, different managers, uh, even Munda Martin, you know, having mm-hmm. to prove yourself and go again, and that's practically been my whole career and life is fighting, you know, and trying to achieve and try to maximise it um, for being too small or not good enough, you know, so I think um, for me personally, it was good to, to put it down in paper and enjoyed doing it. And obviously Jackie's favourite part of that tour was stopping off at the Greenock CSC with Jenny McDay. That was a, that was your highlight, Jackie. You don't need to tell everybody that. We, we know that personally. It was great. Honestly, you know, so I really enjoyed doing it. You know, you're always sceptical and you're, you, know, you want to tell obviously the story and tell the truth about it. And um, obviously, people would ask her a departure when I left the Martin. Why? What? Why? What happened there with Gordon and everything else? But you just put your side of the story, you know, and that's that's all you can do. So you spoke about the past there, Jack. What does the future hold? Obviously, there's a couple of positions opening up in Scotland. Would you be interested in getting back into management? Obviously, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Partick Thistle looking for a manager as well. Anything like that interest you? No. No, to be honest, I've, I think that ship sailed. I think um, I enjoy doing what I'm doing now, looking after young players and trying to manage them. You know, I got into do it this side when some of the players I used to manage uh, would ask me for advice and what do you think I should do here, Gaffer, and, and try and help them that way. I'm still, which keeps me still involved in the game and doing little things, but to be honest, I, I, I miss playing football. If I could go back and play football again, Hundred percent. That's the best days of your life. The management is frustrating. Um, it's good. I enjoyed bits of it, and I used to had a spell at Thistle and a spell at United. That I, I was like a wee boy again. I looked forward to a Saturday when I knew I had my team going well and playing well and doing things and exciting and playing attractive football. But then you get caught up in all the. It's just become about survival. You know, you're dealing with the same press guys every day. You're dealing with people who want to take your job, want, want think they can do your job. And I think with, the, with that, you lose you lose your kind of sight what you're trying to do. Whereas mm-hmm. a coach for me is somebody that improves the players, improves there. You're, you're a teacher. You're trying to pass on your experiences and your wisdom to try and help them be better and hopefully they have the, the same career and and, and experiences I had as a player, but that's all lost now. Mm-hmm. It seems to be, you know, how 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 long they can survive. It's the same guys looking for jobs, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to go into management to be a survivor. I wanted to go and make a difference. I need to see Paul them legends game start back up again because it sounds as if Jackie's looking for a shot. <laughs> I don't. I, don't I, I think they've gone enough. <laughs> I don't know, Jackie. I saw you at the was it the fives when you're not make make uh, make a loan. I saw you yeah, doing that. Know that long I enjoyed ago. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that. Even more, that was great. <laughs> Listen, uh, Jackie and the legends of the 1998 team are paying tribute to Vim Janssen. It's on the 12th of May. 
at the Armadillo. Um, there are tickets available. The link is underneath this video. If you subscribe to a Celtic State of Mind, you'll be put into a draw for a couple of tickets. We gave a couple of VIPs away last week, but Brass Neck, who won them, has not yet claimed them. So be quick, Brass Neck, or we're going to have to put them out again. Um, it's been tremendous catching up with you, Jackie. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in on a Celtic State of Mind. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 When it comes to clothes, it's great to have options. But having pieces that you can wear anywhere is a must for everybody. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life seamlessly, with quality you have to feel to believe. And with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. So whether you're on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, a solid pair of jeans, or super soft sweatshirts, American Giant has what you're looking for. Each American Giant piece is designed to last and created with commitment to doing things better. And all their products are made right here in America. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop Wear Anywhere Closet Staples at American-Giant.com. And get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code WA23. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.